Hey everybody, what is going on? Welcome to the Proof of Talent podcast. My name is Rob Payone, and in this podcast, we discuss everything related to the career journeys in the Web3 blockchain and cryptocurrency space. Today, I have on Julia Dreheim, who is a recruiter on the team at Proof of Talent. Really excited to chat with you about your own journey into the crypto space today. Julia, how are you doing? Doing really well. How are you doing today? Good, good. And thanks for thanks for taking the time. Really, really appreciate it. And looking, like I said, looking forward to, to talking a little bit kind of about your journey into the space, because I think you have an interesting one. I feel like you have really kind of gone headfirst into, into crypto, which has been pretty cool to see. Um, but before you started at Proof of Talent, what were you doing professionally before you started here? Yeah, before here, I was still in an agency doing recruiting for mainly professional services. So HR, marketing, accounts receivable, accounting type of positions, mostly contracts, not much on the direct hire side. And when you were thinking about the opportunity at Proof of Talent, what were your initial thoughts about working in crypto? <laughs> it's such a funny question because... I really didn't have many thoughts. I didn't know a single thing about the industry, to be honest. Um, the headhunter reached out and I just thought, I want to learn something new. That was a huge thing was I just wanted to be exposed to new things in life and I wanted to work in a good team environment. And it just so happens that it did work out and that I was super interested and yeah, just took off. I was honestly not even expecting it, but very happy it did. Yeah. I think it's an interesting point because one of the things I feel like a lot of people look for when they think about an opportunity in crypto is just doing something interesting and like intellectually stimulating and, and because of their own curiosity. So it's interesting to hear like that was kind of what got you interested. It wasn't necessarily like, I really like cryptocurrency yeah. and, and blockchain. It was like, this, this seems like something new and interesting and, and, and potentially cool. Yeah, it's kind of like the opposite of a lot of people we talk to. Like, oh, I've been involved in the space for years. This is my passion. I want to work in it professionally. And I was on the complete opposite end. Like, I was just super curious about anything new. I, I think I only knew the word Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. That's <laughs> all I knew. And I was like, let's see what this is. <laughs> Did you have any hesitations about was there anything that you had heard about negative perception wise or perception at all? Was, was there any hesitations about a career in, in the industry? A little bit. Um, like I said, I didn't know a single thing. So I didn't even understand how we could have clients. I was like, so people are trading coins. What companies need to be involved in that? That's all I thought of. So that was one. And then also just, I guess the term like crypto bro was thrown around. So like the boys club thing, I was kind of nervous. Um, I feel like those are my only two kind of initial hesitations. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting to, to hear is I think there are the, the industry itself has made a lot of progress in, in a variety of those areas, um, which is, which is good. Um, proof talent itself has made a lot of progress in, in yeah. those areas too. Um, <laughs> but thinking like just, I mean, even when, when talking to like family and friends, did anybody have any, thoughts as far as the industry went? I'm curious if anybody it, like in your family or friends was like, oh, you're doing this. That's crazy. Or yeah. I mean, I think every single person I ever told that was just like, that's wild. I don't know what that is. 
I they just couldn't really even comprehend what I was doing. And at the time, I also couldn't even comprehend at that point. But I mean, uh, my fiance was super stoked because then I would like learn things that I could teach him. So that was like my main supporter. He was like, go for it. It'll be so cool. And I was like, okay. But everybody else just was really like, my nan always says, I don't know what you do, but I know it's legal. I was like, that's basically <laughs> all they know. <laughs> starting So starting in the industry, so you've been approved now for a year, yeah. a little over a year now, year and a week. Um, you've kind of looking back to, to when you started, was there anything that like shocked you or was um, like, did you have any kind of initial reaction to working in the space after the first, like, let's say three months or so? Yeah. I mean, there's just so much to learn, which was insanely shocking. Um, everything just from the basic, what a blockchain is, which is where you start and then go from there and how everything just builds upon itself um, with knowledge wise. So, you know, I was pretty nervous about that for a second. I was like, do I belong here? Because it took me a while to really kind of understand it. Um, so that was a huge reaction. Do I belong here? And can I understand this? Which luckily we're good to go. <laughs> and then also just the sense of community I saw with either just our team and then candidates, clients, Twitter. It was just mind blowing. I've never seen, I've never been part of anything that I guess just they all felt that such a strong sense of community with each other. It was fascinating. How did you go about learning just the industry? I know, like you said, it's, it's a ton to learn. It's a ton to take in. Was there anything that you found initially very helpful in doing so? Um, I think just my first few weeks of training was mostly heavily just getting me onboarded to the industry itself. So I had those one-on-ones with Colton and you and kind of touched some things. Then you guys gave me some resources to then kind of explore on my own. And then, yeah, that was the main thing was just kind of hearing what you guys said. And then once I was on my own, it was just like, say you're reading an article and you're interested in the article and then they mention another word that you don't know, like click on that word, where does that go? And then just, just follow the clicks. <laughs> Looking at your your like journey in just the working in the crypto space, I think one of the things that at least I've noticed on your end is you started to experiment a bunch and test things out, whether it's like different you know test nets or just kind of using different blockchains. Mm -hmm. How did how did that start? Because I feel like you've you've in in a lot of cases it seems like you've kind of developed this this genuine interest, and then you've kind of taken that from like that foundational knowledge point to like all right, I'm going to take this to the next level because I am curious about this stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, it did start with just that first impression of the strong community. And I was like, I want to be a part of something like that. And then also just professionally, you know, this is the industry I'm working in. These are the people that I'm talking to every single day. And I wanted to be knowledgeable. I wanted to know what I was talking about. I wanted to understand what they were saying to me and just be able to just apply that to my job. And then it just became interesting of the different projects that were popping up. And I was like, well, that's kind of similar to this. Let's see how it's different. And just to be able to also just form my own opinion. There's a lot of opinions I feel like in this space and, you know, people don't like one thing, people love one thing. And I'm like, well, why? And yeah, I just wanted to be able to participate. Now that you have that base of knowledge, is there any, any specific resources or places that you like to go to, to stay current on, on what's happening? 
Uh, let's say Twitter. I like to see what people are talking about and I feel like that's kind of helps me gauge like excitement. And then also like my clients, I always check out what they're doing and on their Twitters and socials. And then also we get that, I think it's Musari, uh, yep. articles that are posted in Slack. Look what those are saying. Uh, the block, um, Coindesk, there's a bunch of them that I just see what's going on. Pretty normal Absolutely. stuff. <laughs> um, you know, thinking about like just how things have changed for you over the past year, like from when you started to, to now, has your view of the industry changed at all going from kind of what it was day one to, to now? Like mind blowingly different. <laughs> so different. Like it's just so much more than trading coins. That's all I thought trading coins. And then I learned what an NFT was. And it's so much, so much more than that. And there's just so many brilliant people building just real world applications. And there's just also how I was kind of hesitant about it feeling like a boys club. And at least like since my time here, I've seen that change a lot. Um, you know, just joining different communities that are focused on onboarding women to Web3. And then, you know, the other, last week we placed a female in a really high level finance role and marketing roles like they are there and that was really cool to see yeah yeah there's there's been it's been a ton of progress in terms of gender diversity in yeah. the space overall i think in overall diversity but also in gender diversity i remember in when i when i started the company in 2019 there was a, a i think it was a linkedin report from 2018 and i want to say it was 90 percent men 10 percent women in in the blockchain space, according to the LinkedIn report. And it's definitely, I don't know if it's a 50, 50 balance yet, but it's, it's a lot closer than it was at 90, 10, which is, which is good. Just obviously for a variety of factors. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's been cool to, to see that and kind of participate in that change. Yeah. And a lot of our clients are really paying attention to that as well and purposely want to, you know, hire their staff to be diverse. Like they appreciate what everybody else can bring and it's the main priority of them and i like that yeah yeah looking at um you know an individual who might want to get involved in the crypto space right now you speak to candidates on a consistent basis what type of advice would you give somebody who would be interested in, in starting a career in the, the blockchain crypto or web3 space i would say i mean if you don't know much about the industry and just sort of curious like start learning. I feel like that's the huge thing that you can have is to understand the basics and then just the ecosystem as a whole. And then also like if you do land that interview, I would say make sure to research that company, which you should always do with any industry, but just being able to communicate with the hiring manager that you know what that product does and where they fit. And also being passionate, I find that that's a huge, huge factor in the industry is everybody we talk to and every company is so passionate about what they're doing. And those are the type of people that they want to hire. So find something that you are genuinely passionate about and just make sure that that's communicated as well. Yeah, that's, that's great advice. I, I think passion for sure shines through and it is one of the, there are a ton of passionate people in the space and if you don't have that interest, if you if you can't convey that passion, then maybe it's not the right opportunity for you. Maybe it's not the right company for you. But when you do have that passion, I, I feel like it really does shine through, and it yeah. is pretty apparent, which is which is great because there's not 
how many how many industries how many companies out there are people like super super really passionate and excited about what they do right like they do their job and then they also continue to learn and participate in the community of the same industry that their job is in and to many people it isn't just a job It, it it really isn't for majority of the people we talk to yeah when you have talked about kind of getting involved in different communities and things like that, that I also feel like is, is really helpful in terms of just networking and, and meeting new people. How have you gone about researching that or finding those communities that are of interest to you? What's, what's going to be your process on that front? To be honest, most of it has been sort of just seeing posts on Twitter and then checking them out and seeing what they're about and what they're doing and that's kind of how i found them and then there was like a few communities that i liked but i was like you know you have to have kind of an nft to like be part of the community and i was like i can't afford that nft so then like i would find new ones and is they're all doing different things but that's kind of mostly twitter and then join their discord see what everybody's talking about there and then also sometimes candidates tell me about cool projects that they've been interested in lately. And they're like, you should go check this out. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's great. Great advice. And and going to the point of candidates, you know, you have a ton of conversations on, on a daily and weekly basis with candidates. Have there a bit been any specific interactions with candidates that have stuck out to you as far as like, wow, I learned something really interesting speaking to this person or like this was, this was really cool just in terms of chatting with this individual. It doesn't, we obviously don't have to name names, but I'm curious if anything like stands out as far as like a really interesting conversation that you had with someone. Off the top of my head, nothing super specific, but I do love when I talk to candidates and like they already know the project that I'm working with as a client and already know what they're about. And, oh, I've met that person. I met that person at the conference. Um, I love hearing that. And then I love also seeing how somebody, I just spoke with a candidate the other day who was with Patagonia for 10 years at a marketing level or marketing position. And then now is in web three at like a director level in marketing. And as soon as my first question was like, how did you do that? I was like, how did you go from, you know, outdoor apparel to this tech blockchain, really cool company. And it was, I love seeing that too and hearing those stories. And then also just being able to get somebody who that is their first web three company or job is also awesome. Yeah. It's, it's always, it's always really cool to see the feedback that, yourself and other recruiters in the team get sometimes when you know, we help individuals get jobs that they really want. I think that's yeah. as a recruiter, a lot of times like that's the most fulfilling thing is hundred percent helping somebody to get that role that they really want and like actually changing somebody's life for the better, which is pretty damn cool. Yeah. Um, and, and can make the, the difficult parts about recruiting a, a little, little bit better. better. They, <laughs> a little they can bit. be tough sometimes. <laughs> yes, I can. So you also, you know, in addition to obviously speaking with candidates, um, you work with a number of these companies that are, are hiring. So you work with hiring managers, CEOs, kind of across the C-level, VPs of these companies, individuals that are hiring. Um, what type of advice would you maybe give a, a new hiring manager at a company who is, is thinking about growing their team? Is there anything that you see on a consistent basis um, you know, advice that you would pass along to, to, a, to a hiring manager at a new company in the crypto space? 
Yeah, I feel like one of them is don't always go for the person who's crypto native. You know, that's such a small talent pool at this point. And I feel like there are a ton of very shiny candidates out there that just don't have that work experience, but are willing to learn and re- really will- willing to grind and just opening up, opening up that talent pool. And then also just kind of the length of interview process. Sometimes if it's over a month or so, candidates get less interested or they get another offer. It's, I feel like almost every week, somebody's like, oh, I already have an offer. So just kind of speeding that up and then constant communication for sure. And also, you know, try to trust the recruiter you're working with. That is where they live. That is what they do. And we're really on your side. Um, we we want to make everybody win. Yeah, those are those are all really good points. I think, you know, the the crypto native person, it's interesting because I always tell people there's like a spectrum of what you want when it's when it's coming to a candidate. It's like you have the very crypto native people and then you might have like some very polished traditional industry person. It's like, do you want one? Do you want the other? Do you want it somewhere in the middle? Mm-hmm. Usually you're not going to get the the Harvard MBA who worked at some, you know, Wall Street Bank, and then who is also a crypto degen at yeah. two o'clock in the morning on on Thursdays. Um, usually, the you know the the degen might be incredibly crypto native, but they're not going to have that shiny resume um, that that you might want. So, which one do you want? What, yeah. what matters most to you? But I think even just in our conversation, like you weren't necessarily the most crypto native person prior to coming here, but over the course of a year, you've learned an incredible amount. Um, and you become one of the best recruiters in the team, even without having that crypto native experience coming into it. So it is, it is possible to, to learn the space without having to, you know, without being that blockchain nerd going into the, you know, going into things. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think even if you originally think you want somebody crypto native, maybe interview those people and then at least just try to have conversations with the other people. You know, you might be very impressed with who they are. And if you talk to them and they seem, you know, they communicate very well, they seem very passionate, they are very eager and very excited. Those are the people that are going to work 10 times harder than, you know, the crypto native person already has 10 offers. (laughs) Like they're going to, they're ready to really work hard. Give them a chance. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a great point. And it opens up the talent pool significantly too. So, as as somebody who you know when you are hiring you want to think about how wide of a net are you casting and yeah. if you are casting a very limited net it's going to be you're going to have you're going to have slim pickings when it comes to hiring and and you know are you okay with that and you might have to you know raise your compensation or raise the you know raise the geographical limit of where you're looking for there's a lot of things to take into consideration when it comes to hiring and i also think to your point on just time to hire, especially as a hiring manager, is so is so critical. Because if you are, you know, if you're a hiring manager, or if you're a, you know, a job seeker, you always want to put yourself in, in kind of the other person's shoes. I think it's always helpful to do that. Um, but if you're a hiring manager, like go back and think about when you have been interviewing yeah. somewhere and the places and interview processes that you've enjoyed. And those, I would bet you, are probably time efficient. Um, they are efficient in terms of scheduling and, and those things. Um, and you get quick feedback and you get good feedback. Those are interviews that as an individual, you probably enjoyed an interview process that lasts 
six weeks and you go two weeks without hearing back from your hiring manager on their interest probably wouldn't have been your favorite interview that you know that you've ever been involved in yeah and i feel like not only from just the candidate side but also like that would leave a bad taste in that candidate's mouth for a bad interview experience and not only maybe that person goes off and be super successful and then you want them and in five years they're not going to be interested in your company and then also they might have a friend wanting to interview with that company and word of mouth isn't positive and it's just not going to look good it's it really is part of your reputation your candidate experience i think yeah yeah it's a, it's a really really good point i think you know you want to make sure every interaction you have with anybody when hiring and it, yeah. it is a small industry across the board and and it's true in i think every facet um that it is a pretty small industry and, and you know, people, different people know each other. And whether you are a, a candidate interviewing or if you're a company that's hiring, I think you want to think about always putting your best foot forward just so that if anybody does talk to somebody else about you or your company, that it is in a, in a positive light and yeah. not in a, you know, in a negative one. I agree. Looking into, you know, looking into the future, we'll finish off here. Uh, I'm curious if there's anything in particular that you are excited about in the industry. It could be could be anything. Uh, curious if there's anything that kind of sticks out um, in the you know near mid or long term future that that you really have your eye on. Yeah, I think long term future. It's just seeing who's going to survive. Like what company, what type of product. There's a new company every single day, and I love it. And there's so much building, but at the end of the day. We won't need a million companies that are doing the same exact thing. So it's just who's going to survive and why did that happen? And then also just different layer ones. Like, are we going to have multiple layer ones for different purposes? Are we only going to have one? What are we going to use it for? And to just see like actual like mainstream use cases for a layer one blockchain is super interesting to me. And then also, yeah, just like onboarding mainstream, like when is my Nana going to get a wallet? Because eventually she was on Facebook, you know, sending me requests for an apple tree on farmland or whatever that game was called. So curious when that's going to happen. Yeah, those are those are interesting points. I think that, like you said, there are going to be winners and they're going to be losers. And I, I think that especially when you have this cycles that crypto tends to, to have uh, and, and we're you know, in by all, by all accounts in, in the down portion of the cycle right now, a little, now. Bit. Um, little bit, a little bit. And, and, you know, being in that kind of part of the cycle, I think that the winners are able to either just sustain or to continually advance. And you have these companies that end up you know, falling by the wayside that just kind of can't make it through that, that bear market. Um, so it'll be interesting to see as, you know, if this is a prolonged downturn environment, who is not able to survive? What companies, you know, what blockchain? Some people just give up. They just yeah. don't care as much and they're not as as into it anymore. Yeah, I'm hoping there are like, I don't know, one day in the future, like interviews or articles of, you know, why did you survive during all of this craziness? Was it how you hired? Was it how you marketed? Was it how you spent your money? Just very curious of how that will all shape up. Yeah, it's uh, it's. It'll be interesting to see where things are three to four years from now. And looking back on things four years ago, it was a very different industry. 
and now we've advanced significantly, but now it's pulling back a little bit. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be fun and probably a pretty cool thought experiment to just look back in a couple of years and, and see kind of how things were. And especially with some of the craziness that's happened in the past few months. Yeah. Be it, you know, I feel like the, <laughs> the industry has even changed dramatically since I've been here for only a year. I mean, I joined and every single day, everybody was so hype and look at this, look at these price, like screenshots of everything was being sent. And I mean, Solana was like 240 or something crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> And that's when I started. So I was like, where am I? And then it's been you know, very interesting to see it all change because I also talked to candidates. They're like, oh, I was in the last bear market and they all sound like it was like 50 years ago and that they're like 80 years old. But um, it's cool to, you know, take part and see the different cycles. Yeah. Crypto is dog years. So you've uh, <laughs> technically been employed by Proof Talent for seven years. So you can probably put that on your resume if you want. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for the time, Julia. Uh, for everybody listening, I hope this conversation was was helpful and informative because I think Julia's thought process on finding new opportunities in crypto as you know as a candidate talking about that advice for employers and also just kind of learning over the past year coming into this industry with really Zero. no kind of Zero. knowledge of of the industry and being where you are today, you know, very knowledgeable. Um, I think that's a it's a really for me, it's an inspiring story and it's awesome to see. Thank you. Cool. Well, thanks so much for the time, everybody. Hope you enjoyed and have a good one. See ya.